Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's show is brought to you by our dear, dear, dear friends at Lorenzotti, Italy. You guys know them well by now. And if you haven't tried their premium Italian coffee, I don't know what you're waiting for. Who doesn't want premium coffee delivered right to their door so that they can pretend in these days of the COVID lockdown that they're sitting in the rolling hills of Tuscany enjoying a delicious cup of coffee, maybe even brewed in some professional brewing, uh, coffee brewing equipment supplied by Lorenzotti Coffee. So if that sounds good to you, do yourself a favor, go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know that I sent you and you can get 10% off your order. That is lorenzotti.coffee, L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I, dot coffee, promo code FICTION for 10% off. Get your days started right with a cup of coffee that tastes like freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee. Coffee, promo code fiction. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hello, hello. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host and fearless leader, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. Hope everyone is doing well. I know it's been a while since my last broadcast. I am still deep behind enemy lines south of the border, and I just had a kind of a really hectic week last week, uh, the second half of the week, that is. I had, I had a guest staying with me, and then on uh, toward the end of the week on Friday, I was invited on to another special edition of the Death to Tyrants podcast for all of Buck's Patreon-paying members. So uh, if you aren't a supporter of his show, and you would like to be, and you'd like to hear me on there, you can go check that out. I think he does one every Friday. It's sort of like a laid back, uh, off the cuff. You know, we had a couple cocktails, talk, uh, you know, a couple libertarian topics. It was a lot of fun. I had a blast. I would uh, like to do his show any time he wants to have me on. I, I would definitely do it. And I'm thinking of trying to work him into this podcast, maybe onto one of our... Friday happy hours, which, by the way, don't forget, this Friday is the first one. For anybody that has supported this show monetarily in the past or donated to the Kiara Fund, you are grandfathered in to the Friday happy hours. For all of you listeners out there who have not supported the show yet and would like to become a supporting member and join us every other Friday for a cocktail happy hour. I guess you don't have to really drink a cocktail. You can drink whatever you want. I will probably be having whiskey or tequila, depending on my mood. But we're going to start doing those starting Friday. And we're going to do two Fridays back-to-back, and then after that it's going to be every other Friday. But if you would like to become um, a a participant in that, you got to go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the Support the Show tab, and set up a monthly donation. If you um, want to become a a new a new member, you can't be grandfathered into this one for with like a one time donation. Anybody that's given a one time donation up to this point will be in. Um, and anybody that wants in, set up a, a monthly donation. I think you can do- donate like as little as a dollar a month, and that will get you into this uh, little shindig we're going to be having every Friday. But yeah, so I, I did that on Friday. I also hosted a debate. You know, there was a, a couple guys going at it on Twitter over the use of masks and whether or not we should listen to 
all of the major health organizations around the world, all of their advice on mask use. So I hosted a debate on that as well, and I just didn't have time to get uh, to do another episode of, of the regular podcast, despite the fact that you know we had the inauguration of Joe Biden and just a, a lot of stuff I want to talk about today. So we're, we're just going to dive right into it. I know I'm a little behind with some of this stuff because things have been sort of going a mile a minute, which <laughs> I don't even know if that's very fast, but things have been moving pretty quickly now that Joe Biden has been inaugurated. And as far as the inauguration itself, I did try to watch a lot of it, but man, was it fucking boring. It was just one big, boring slob fest. It was kind of weird and just because everybody was masked up and they were doing, I don't know, social distancing and talking behind plexiglass and shit like that. And then, of course, you had the military presence, which, by the way, as predicted on this show, much ado about nothing. That whole um uh, what like the most violently armed protest ever to storm the Capitol. All that shit was blown way out of proportion. Nothing happened. And the uh, the whole ceremony thing was just ugh, too, too uh, boring to watch. Just weird, like copious propaganda. And I, I don't know, like the, the speeches that everyone was giving was just the worst. I mean, I don't know who decided... I don't know if that if like your rank or if you're on like this committee, you get to give the opening speech or whatever. I don't know how any of that shit works. And frankly, I don't care. But they had uh, Amy Klobuchar given the fucking the first speech. And I think I, I tweeted a joke about this. I would actually prefer to listen to her with a mask on. I think her voice would be more pleasant if it was muffled a little bit more. But just the least charismatic, like phony sounding, uh, obnoxious person to give uh, like an uplifting message or whatever. And everyone's talking about democracy this and democracy that. And man, it's like they have no sense of what the United States was founded on, what it was supposed to be, the founding principles. The founding fathers hated democracy. They loathed democracy. They did everything in their power to try to avoid us becoming a democracy. And they made a few critical errors, as far as I'm concerned, in drafting the the Constitution that allowed for a lot of wiggle room. Um, Not even wiggle room, just allowed for a a lot of perversion of the founding documents to uh, prevent the the uh, all of the roadblocks that they put up to try to keep us a republic, they they there's like two or three clauses in the in the Constitution that that really um, that really destroyed any notion of that, and it just really bothers me to hear that kind of stuff. So I, I can only watch so much of it. I did watch Biden get through his oath of office, so I guess his presidency is already off to a smashing success, like far better off, uh, far better than I ever thought it could be. And I was just waiting for him to forget the lines that he was supposed to be repeating, but it did seem like they broke it down into like two repeat after me words. It's like, repeat after me, I, Joe Biden. And it's like, uh, and then like two words, two words, two words. He never had to repeat more than like three words at a time. I don't know if that's always how they do it. I never really paid that much attention to it, but it seemed like they might've dumbed it down a little bit for old sleepy Joe to get through, but get through it. He did. And then he proceeded to sign a record number of executive orders, which is another interesting thing to me, right? Because the the whole left's perspective on this is that, oh, we finally got, we toppled this dictator. We got the evil orange dictator out of office. Donald Trump on his first day signed one executive order. Okay. Um, Barack Obama, I think comes in, in, in the last like five or six presidents, you know, like you have a, uh, George H.W. I don't think he signed any, um, maybe one, something like that. And then Clinton signed like one or two. And then you had Barack Obama. He did five, and that looked like a lot. And Joe Biden comes in, signs 19 executive orders on, on, on day one. And, and some of them are just like fucking asinine. 
And he's been going ever since, just with all of these um, dictatorial things, all, all these decrees, you know, he just, well, I, I'm recording this, uh, part of this on Monday. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through all of this on Monday, so I might finish some of it up on Tuesday and release it Tuesday afternoon. It kind of depends on how long I need to go here, but he's, uh, the, the big news of the day, I think, I think it was today, is that, you know, he's going to uh, reverse Donald Trump's order on having trannies in the military so um la-di-da i mean who the fuck really cared about this as if it was it's just another example of what matters to the left and that is these like meaningless gestures these empty virtue signaling gestures it's like okay now we can have transvestites in the military oh that's great Sounds good. So they get to go get their fucking legs blown off in these pointless wars that no doubt Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will continue if they don't expand them into even more territories. We're starting to see articles. They're moving troops into northern Syria and things like that. I mean, as if the the military's suicide numbers of retired veterans wasn't bad enough. Now they're going to have a bunch of trannies coming in there and and skewing what those statistics mean. (laughs) We sure do live in interesting times. I'm sure all of those people getting bombed in the Middle East will feel much better that there there could be a, a transvestite dropping the bombs and, and invading their their homeland uh, as opposed to just you know the the average uh, I don't even know what what do you call them now like cisgendered whatever <laughs> I, I can't keep up with all this shit anymore I'm going with trannies and just regular guys and gals <laughs> I don't know. Um, that'll probably get me in trouble, but whatever. Um, there's just all this politically correct stuff and everybody wants a new name and a new pronoun and everything changes every couple of weeks. I I just can't keep up with it. So I don't mean any offense. You're probably not even supposed to call them trannies. I don't know what you call them anymore. All I know is that their, their suicide rates rival. I think their suicide rates are even higher than the retired military which i think it's like one every 20 minutes or something kills themselves retired military kills themselves i don't quote me on that it's it's something crazy like that though and and this is just going to exacerbate those numbers and it's not not going to be very good pr recruiting uh it's not going to be a very good recruiting tool for the military when their suicide numbers take a big hit (laughs) but but at least they can say, hey, you know, now now accepting transvestites. So they got that going for them. And the, the left can feel like they've uh, accomplished something, even though why would you want to send? They're, they're so worried about they're They're all so concerned about all of these transvestites dying. Right. There's all, like the I keep hearing these like ridiculous stats about like like uh trannies get getting killed at like much higher rates than everybody else and it's i think it's usually by like other trannies or something but um now now instead of um them getting murdered on the streets of uh the united states they can go get murdered or mangled overseas and uh yeah okay have have fun with that (laughs) i don't know um and I, i suppose you get drafted too which Maybe that's what they're doing here. They're, it's you know, bef- you know, women can't be drafted. I, I don't. Can women be drafted yet? I don't think they could. Um, and obviously, it's an all volunteer army at this point. But who knows? That could always change. And if I were trying to avoid getting drafted, I, I suppose I could identify myself uh, as a woman. But wouldn't that make me like a transvestite or something? And now I'm no longer exempt. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what they're angling for here. Who knows? Other than just some cheap virtue signaling points. But anyway, Joe Biden has wasted no time in in signing a bunch of executive orders to, you know, take strong action. You know, he's forming committees. I know one was for requiring masks on all federal grounds. And then, of course, within like hours of that happening, you see pictures of the Biden family without masks on in front of the Washington Monument or some shit like that. Of course, every rule is for thee and not for me. And he extended the moratoriums on evictions and student loan payments, and he overturned Trump's travel ban. 
And then, of course, a couple of days later, he instituted his own travel ban on, uh, I think it was South Africa. <laughs> Go figure. I, I'm sure that doesn't make him a racist, uh, xenophobe, whatever. But uh, it, it sure did when, when Trump tried to do it. And he's asking that Americans wear face coverings for 100 days while reviving the, the Global Health Unit in the National Security Council. That, that was allowed to go dormant during the Trump administration, right, to oversee America's pandemic preparedness and response. He's reversing Trump's step uh, plan to withdraw from the World Health Organization. He's taking steps to get us back into the, the Paris Climate Agreement. Again, these are all fucking just empty, meaningless gestures. The, the Paris Climate Agreement is not a binding agreement. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody's going to do anything. It's not going to accomplish anything. It's just a look at me, look how virtuous I am. I can do something and make it look like I'm a great caring person without actually doing anything or sacrificing anything. That's all it is. And that's what the the Democratic Party seems to be all about. Meaningless fucking gestures. Hey guys, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show. And you know them well as Zipix Toothpicks. Guys, this is the perfect alternative for all you smokers out there. They are nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks that you can enjoy and get your nicotine fix from anywhere in the in the country, wherever you are. Doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, in a non-smoking area, in a smoking area, with a hot date, doesn't matter. You could pop this toothpick in, chew on it a little bit, get that oral fixation that, that some of us need, and also get your nicotine fix at the same time. And nobody's none the wiser. They come in six great different flavors. They got a variety uh, for you to choose from, or you can get the ultimate flavor pack sent directly to you. They're cheaper than any of the over-the-counter nicotine alternatives, the gum, the patch, the... Uh, chewing tobacco, what, whatever it is, these are going to be cheaper and cleaner than a lot of those other ones and just more convenient. I mean, how, how much easier can it get to just pop a toothpick in your mouth for a couple of minutes to get, to get your craving satisfied? I can't think of uh, a better way of doing that. So go to zippixtoothpicks.com. That's Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X.com. Use my promo code FICTION for 10% off your order, and you can start curbing those nicotine cravings without smoking, without chomping on some gum, without having a big wad of chewing tobacco in your cheek. All you got to do is go to zippixtoothpicks.com, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you can pop a toothpick in your mouth whenever you need it to satisfy those cravings. So make sure you go and do that right now. All right, let's get back into the show. He also stopped the construction on the border wall, so I guess all of that wall we built under Trump was just a colossal waste of money. And I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of this wall to begin with. I think that it's going to be used to keep Americans in more than it is going to be used to keep Mexicans out. But I wonder, you know, how much money we just blew on that. You know, it, it uh, a wall that has gaps in it is tantamount to no wall at all. So what was the point of all of this? Who knows? I mean, of course, I'm sure it's a rounding error compared to all the money that the government has been spending up to this point. But man, look out. There is about to be trillions and trillions of dollars spent uh, on this um, uh, on the Joe Biden agenda here. But the main things I want to focus on today involve uh, two two pretty big issues. One is, as far as the inauguration goes, how quickly everything changed as far as the narrative surrounding the coronavirus. And that is just infuriating to me. And then the other thing is this push that's coming from a lot of politicians and the left to label Americans domestic terrorists, Amer- like basically just conservative Americans, domestic terrorists, all based off of that one little uh, riot in the Capitol building just before Inauguration Day, where like, I don't know how many people were involved in that, a couple hundred, maybe, maybe a couple hundred more than that. I don't know. But they basically want to label 74 million Americans that voted for Donald Trump domestic terrorists. And I guess we could start with that because that is just really 
it's beyond creepy. It, it's really it's like the the one thing that everybody talks about when you're dealing with an authoritarian government is this this notion that they can put you on a list, they can label you X, Y, and Z, and you're an enemy of the state. And then who knows, like, God knows what they can do to you after that. All of this this talk about uh, unifying the country that, that Joe Biden would go on and on about during the campaign and after he became president, he's given these speeches about how he's going to unify the country. It's time for unity and we want to bring everybody together. I, I don't know, like, what, what exactly does this mean? It's like unity by destroying everyone that disagrees with us politically labeling you a domestic terrorist if you're a Republican or a conservative. I mean, that's uh, that's what they call unity. Is that the plan here? Because they're still trying to uh, impeach Donald Trump. That's the other <laughs> news of the day. Even though he's already out of office, he's gone, he's left, they're still going to try to impeach him. <laughs> um, and this is just, uh, you know, there, there's a couple things to that they want to make it so that he can never run for office again i i guess that's one of the one of the main motivating factors but other than that they want to send a message they want to send a message to political outsiders to the people who don't play the game who weren't ordained by the cathedral by the religion of the state to uh, run for president and to hold higher office if you, if you didn't have the nod the, if you weren't blessed by the the church of the state then this is what they're going to do to you who knows what they can do to the rest of us who disagree with them politically whether you're a trump supporter or a, a conservative republican libertarian apparently they don't make any distinction you're either 100% in lockstep with this democratic leftist agenda or you're uh, potentially a domestic terrorist. And there are a few good voices on the left calling this out. I know I saw Tulsi Gabbard came out and and was really critical of Joe Biden for this because, I, I mean, th- this is what we do to, to other countries. I mean, like, w- once we label somebody a terrorist, what, what can they do to us? What's, uh, I mean, if we're going by... Like, what have we authorized the United States government to do to terrorists under the Patriot Act? What have we allowed them to do to dissident voices and so-called extremists over the years? Like, what sort of powers have we given these maniacs? And I, I don't know. It's hard to know the extent to of what we've sacrificed, of, of what rights we've given up. Because if we just go by the legislation they've passed, assuming they abide by that legislation and they abide by their own rules and regulations, which I don't see any reason to assume that would hold true. I mean, they violate their documents that they've sworn an oath to uphold and defend every day. On day one, Joe Biden, the first thing he fucking did was violate the oath of office that he barely got through memorizing. I mean, he violated it dozens of times, and this is what every president does the second they take that oath of office. And not just the presidents, everybody in fucking Congress, all these politicians, they take these oaths, they have their fingers crossed, and they violate them uh, on day one the second they try to do something. So what can they do to domestic terrorists? What would they feel justified in doing? And I mean, well, I guess you could say just about anything. Right. I mean, if you're a threat to their holy democracy, you're dangerous. You're, you're a threat to the state. You're a threat to their livelihood, their power. And this um, this whole uh, cathedral sort of thing, all your rights go out the window. There's no due process. There's no nothing. They'll just come at, they'll surveil you. They'll use the, the biggest surveillance state that the world has ever seen. They could drone bomb you or they'll just, lo- like they have with other American citizens overseas. Um, Trump has drone bombed American citizens. Barack Obama famously drone bombed an American citizen without due process or anything like that. And that was actually targeted. Or, you know, they'll just lock you up and throw away the key. And you're going to get a huge dose of what it's like to be a political prisoner in your own country. So I I don't see any path toward unity with 
people that are going to label other people who disagree with them politically or philosophically as domestic terrorists. As soon as you start calling people that, all the talk of unity and the soul of America and bringing everybody together, that all goes out the window as far as I'm concerned. I mean, what's the plan here? to unite in locking up 74 million people into like internment camps or re-education camps. You're seeing these terms being floated around. This is some really fucking creepy stuff. And thank God there's at least people um, principled enough like Tulsi Gabbard on the left to call this out for what it is. But that's how you know all of these calls for unity are complete bullshit. What they really mean is they want to unite against a large portion of society. They're not bringing everyone together. Look at the language that they use. And by the way, how could you even pretend there could be unity in a democracy? I mean, democracy by definition it, it is not unifying. It's a farce. You, you're never going to have unity when you have majority rule, where, in theory at least, 51% of the population gets to impose their will on the other 49%. And certainly you're not going to have unity when you have such a large, intrusive, authoritarian government when they can, where they can control just about every aspect of your life. That's never going to work. And you can see that they know it's not going to work because they had to call in like 20,000 fucking troops into the Capitol just to get through this inauguration because people are so upset with this whole democracy thing. And then, of course, Biden comes out and he starts talking about how he's going to focus his administration on black and minority owned and women owned businesses. (laughs) And just like, wow, uh, okay. Um, What happened to all that shit about you being everyone's president, even if they didn't vote for you, and you're going to be bringing the country together? That's quite an interesting tactic. Alienate just all white men. Because, I mean, that's basically what you're saying. Tell them to go fuck themselves. Not only have you ruined their business, uh, you've ruined a lot of their lives. They've lost their jobs. They've lost their livelihood because of your obviously politically motivated reaction to COVID. And we're going to get into that in a minute. And after you were successful in doing that and exploiting COVID to get Trump out of office, you turn around and you say, yeah, we're going to bring the country together. I'm going to focus. Uh, I'm only going to help blacks and Latinos, women and minorities, basically everyone but white men. <laughs> OK, that's going to go over real well toward unification. Unfucking believable. Let's take a quick second and thank another sponsor for today's show, which is going to come at a perfect opportune time for all of you gentlemen out there trying to impress that special lady in your life. And this is, of course, the Lucky Guy Bakery bringing you homemade, handcrafted, delicious brownies using only the freshest, all-natural ingredients. They're not too sweet. They're not too salty. They're just super chocolatey and super delicious. They've got all kinds of brownies for everybody out there. I like the original, but if you're a peanut butter guy, they've got the peanut butter bonanza. If you like oatmeal, they got that. They've got that for you. If you're vegan, they've got you covered. If you're gluten-free, they've got you covered. So go to the luckyguybakery.com. Use my promo code PF20. That's P as in peddling, F as in fiction, 20 for 20% off your order. Send yourself some brownies, send them to somebody that you care about, and get some for that significant other in your life that's coming up, guys. Don't forget, you don't want to be in the doghouse to start out the new year. And forget all the traditional girly crap that none of us can actually use. Forget the flowers. What everyone really wants deep down inside for Valentine's Day is not flowers, they want chocolate. Chocolate makes everyone happy. They have done studies on this. The reaction that people get, particularly women, when they're indulging in some dark chocolate, it's going to be a lot better for them than looking at some flowers. I mean, I suppose you can get them flowers too. But when it comes to flowers, I'm reminded of some wise old words from my favorite uncle. Why would I try to tell you I love you by giving you something that's dying? 
That's what flowers are. No, no. Go with the chocolate. Give her some sustenance. Give her the chocolate orgasm for Valentine's Day by going to the Lucky Guy Bakery and using the promo code PF20 for 20% off your order. It's the best of both worlds. You satisfy your girl. You satisfy your sweet tooth. You support the show. And the Lucky Guy Bakery is a fan of the show as well. So everybody wins here. You won't be sorry. Check out the LuckyGuyBakery.com promo code PF20. And it really has just been incredible to watch how fast they've changed their tune on COVID. I mean, I at least knew, and I think a lot of you knew, this was all coming. Most of the people who have not bought into this whole um, hysteria around COVID-19 kind of had a feeling that this had more to do with politics than actual science. But my God, is it fucking fascinating and revealing to watch this take place? Like, holy shit, all of a sudden, studies are coming out showing lockdowns don't have any significant effect on controlling the virus. Restaurants and bars aren't major sources for spreading the virus. Articles are coming out, article after article, all in unison, like all within the same uh, few days. Like, Look at how that worked out. All of a sudden, not just one news outlet source, uh, not just one newspaper or, or anything like that. It's all of them, all of them at the same time. And it's not just one state or one city that's starting to roll back some of their restrictions and everything. All of the ones incidentally controlled by Democrats, all of a sudden it dawns on them that these lockdowns aren't really necessary. It's like on January 17th, we needed lockdowns and mask mandates and second wave and super spreaders, mutating strains and all this shit. And by January 21st, you've got Cuomo coming out talking about how we can't lock down forever. The cost is too high. You've got doctors coming out. And I made a, actually made a meme about this the other day. I think I posted it to Twitter. Coming out, they're coming out and saying we're going to need to reevaluate the cycle threshold rates for the PCR test to get more accurate diagnosis of COVID-19 because they were cycling too high and giving us inflated numbers. You don't say, holy shit. I mean, come on. You've got CNN removing that daily death toll clock that's been uh, fixated on their screen for the last, like, what, nine months? We're starting to see headlines about record single-day drops in COVID hospitalizations on Bloomberg. California just lifted its stay-at-home order for all regions. I mean, Jesus, this is ridiculous. They are fucking shameless. The D.C. mayor uh, came out and uh, partial indoor dining has been restored in D.C. Michigan restaurant restrictions have been lifted two days after the inauguration. New York, I think, held out the longest with like almost they waited almost a week before Cuomo came out like this afternoon and says, oh, now that the holiday spike is over, they're ready to roll back restrictions. Holiday spike. How do they even know the holiday spike is over? We just got done with the holidays. Isn't there a lag here? And if you look at the charts, we're still at like, according to their bullshit numbers, we're as high of cases and deaths and hospitalizations as ever before. I mean, this is all just a bunch of fucking nonsense. Indoor dining in Chicago was restored this past Saturday, I believe. Oh, and by the way, speaking of Chicago... All of those noble, heroic, upstanding Chicago public school teachers we always hear about. Yeah, yeah. It turns out they don't give a shit about your kids either. At least not in uh, Chicago where the, the teachers union voted to not show up to work today. And of course, these are the same people demanding raises constantly, benefit increases constantly, even though they make more than the private sector that has to fund their salaries and their benefits, their retirement, their uh, health care for the rest of their lives, all this stuff. And so we have to give them like constant raises and benefit increases because, you know, they're so important to society. And isn't it absurd that we pay basketball players more than we pay teachers? Well, it's funny, isn't it? How all of this talk about education being a human right and how vital it is to the future of our society and our democracy that our kids receive a quality education. 
and the cries for, think of the children. They all just go right out the window the second all of these pompous, mostly useless, glorified childcare workers get the opportunity to collect a paycheck without actually having to go to work. Isn't that amazing? It's almost as if they don't give a shit at all. I mean, time and time again, they're willing to sacrifice your kid's education, and more often than not, it's indoctrination, but they're willing to sacrifice that for the almighty dollar. And just to be clear, I'm fine with this. I'd love all public school teachers to stay home permanently, but the paychecks need to stop flowing as well. I mean, you don't get to have this shit both ways. Your kids would be far better off with a private school or a tutor or homeschooling than being stuck in any of these government prisons for children. But I am interested to see what their excuse is now for not showing up to work. I mean, didn't they get the memo? The coronavirus is over. We beat it. Joe Biden was inaugurated. He signed a bunch of executive orders, even though there's audio of him not being sure what exactly he was signing at the time, in true typical Biden fashion. And he's putting mask mandates in place on federal land, and we're going to wear masks for the next 100 days. I'm sure he'll start a bunch of committees and pandemic teams to do, well, basically the exact same shit these idiots have been doing for almost a year now. But you see, this time it's different. This time he's getting tough and serious with the virus. So, you know, mission accomplished. We can now all go back to our regular lives. I mean, this is just, they're fucking shameless, despicable human beings. These assholes stole a year of your life for their own political gains or their own self-interests. The peasants be damned. And I'm not fucking exaggerating here. I'm not being hyperbolic. Literally, the, the same day Trump left office, the World Health Organization came out and said, oops, you know, these PCR tests have too high of a cycle rate and they're giving us false positives. I mean, Donald Trump hasn't even finished unpacking his shit yet. And they've come out and admitted what I've been talking about since like, I don't know, May of last year. I mean, come on, come on, man, as Joe Biden would say. And if you go back and listen to the episodes I did when this first came out, I talked about how this would be nothing in a few months, just like the bird flu or Ebola virus and all this other shit that they try to rile us up and scare us with. And I, I was essentially right. I mean, this should have been nothing. It should have basically been the fucking flu. Okay, it's a virus. Yes, some of us get sick for a few days. If you're really old and you have a bunch of underlying conditions, you could die from this thing. Okay, but this should not and would not have been what it is today if uh, if they were being honest and not political with the science behind this. And I'm sure we'll all get an apology from all of the naysayers out there, all the social media platforms and big tech who have been silencing the real fucking scientists and heroes that have been trying to point this shit out for the last year. I mean, who, who the fuck am I? I? I'm just a knucklehead podcaster, right? But here's the thing. I know that all of these government organizations and politicians are totally 100% full of shit. They always have been, and they forever will be, with almost no exception. I understand that the business they are in, it ain't the business of helping other people. It ain't the business of helping the people. That's not the nature of the state. Go read Murray Rothbard's Anatomy of the State. Right? They are not in the, they're in the business of helping themselves at the expense of the people. I mean, that's literally how the state functions in the first place. It's a blood-sucking parasite. The people support the state. The state doesn't support the people. And the sooner you realize that, the sooner you realize that they are just a bunch of politically motivated, power-hungry sociopaths, the better. And if you're one of these gullible lemmings out there that have been supporting these lockdowns and mask mandates and all of these other ridiculous, nonsensical rituals they've been having us go through to combat this virus. If and when they do walk these back, I think all of you guys should have to abide by them for at least another year. 
to repent for your stupidity. You should not only have to wear a mask, but I, I want you wearing two masks, maybe three, goggles, the face guard, gloves, shoe covers. I want a whole fucking outfit. Teach you a fucking lesson. I mean, after all, why stop there? Why stop at a mask? You want to be safe from this deadly virus, right? I mean, one mask uh, is okay. Two would be better. Put a mask, put a face mask on top of that. I mean, you can't put a price on your safety and the safety of other people. Put put on the whole getup. Put on the whole getup and wear it until nobody ever gets sick again. How about that? How about that? All you Karens out there telling on people for having parties and telling on people for having too many people over at their house or not wearing a mask and harassing people for not following all these guidelines. Go ahead. Go, go ahead and, and dress like a freaking psychopath buffoon for the rest of your life. For at least a year after the talking heads on TV tell you that you don't have to do it anymore. And I have no idea if and when that'll ever happen because like, like I predicted with, um, with just about everything else, this vaccine isn't going to do anything. There, there's already evidence that says, you know, one of it, it it's not, uh, it doesn't work on the the South African strand, but it works on the UK strand. Uh, they, they still want you to wear a mask and social distance, even if you've been vaccinated. People have been vaccinated and gotten it again. Uh, and it's just going to keep changing. It's a fucking virus. It's going to be like the flu virus. Yeah, I know you're not supposed to make those comparisons, but fuck you. I don't care. Um, it's going to change every year. There's going to be a new strand of this at just about every couple of years or whatever it is. And they're just going to have to guess as to which one's going to be the one that, that strikes this year the worst. And that will be the vaccination that they choose. That's what they do with the flu. There's a, a thousand different strains of the flu or whatever it is. And they don't vaccinate for all of them. They make a prediction based on the available evidence of which one they think is going to be really bad this season, and that's the vaccine you get. And that's how this will work. And you will still, there will be people that get vaccinated that still get a version of COVID-19. That's just going to happen. And I think by now, everybody should have realized that they've been fucking with us. That they have pulled the wool over the eyes of the American people one more time. They have scared you into these ridiculous rituals uh, of putting on masks and, and standing six feet apart and, and not doing anything and living like a vegetable. And there there are ways that you, you should be capable of thinking for yourself. There are ways to... Um, to get this information, <laughs> this podcast is one of them. There's there's a lot of good a uh, lot of good podcasts out there that you could listen to. There's a lot of good literature that has not been censored yet, and there's just no excuse. There, there's no excuse at this point for being surprised that this was all just politically motivated. There's no excuse for being surprised that the second Donald Trump's plane landed in in Florida, that they were like, up. Oh, well, we don't need to do these lockdowns anymore. We we don't need to do this and we don't need to do that. And you can open up your business. If you are surprised, you need to tune in to this podcast so that you will uh, no longer be fooled by these menacing politicians in Washington. You will no longer let them control your lives and ruin huge portions of it with, with their bullshit political games that they themselves don't have to play, that they benefit from. At the expense of all of us. I, I'm sorry. I mean, all you had to do was take a sober look at, th at this data since April of last year. And you should have known that this is nonsense. And as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing that these pussy politicians can do to fix the tremendous amount of damage that they have done with this political stunt. This isn't just about people's jobs, even though we have like 40 million people out of work. People have lost their lives for their political gains. Millions of children will starve to death as a result of these policies around the world. Hundreds of thousands of people will die from preventable cancers and other diseases that because they're not getting the regular screenings and everything like that. Not to mention the suicides, the destruction of the economy. I mean, the list goes on and on. Check out, if you haven't already, I know, uh, I think a lot of my listeners probably have, but maybe you're new to the show. Check out Tom Woods' talks 
on the uh, the implications of these lockdowns and and the the repercussions of these lockdowns, I should say, and, and just the, the way we're treating the coronavirus. If you haven't already, he lays out a one hundred percent factual, well-researched talk about the repercussions of these government policies in excruciating detail, and they are fucking just fantastic. I can't say enough good things about the great Tom Woods. And there have been a number of really good voices out there on this subject. It's just unfortunate that they don't get enough airtime, and some of them are actively being silenced. But they, along with this podcast and other great libertarian voices out there, I mean, we're, this is going to age a lot better than all of these pompous, despicable politicians, corrupt the corrupt corporate press, and all of you bobblehead lemmings out there telling us that we need to follow the science and listen to the experts. I, I mentioned at the top of the show, I just hosted a debate about listening to the experts on mask use. And one of the points that was not very well made, in my opinion, is that these so-called experts get this shit wrong all the time, sometimes intentionally. And who gets to decide who we listen to and, and why we have to listen to them? What gives a major health organization any more validity than one or two random doctors or scientists getting silenced on YouTube? I mean, th this is the, the list of, um, of people. I mean, fr from day one, the uh, the whistleblowers over in China were silenced, uh, silenced, and then you had the the guy that came out and said, "Hey, these ventilators are fucking killing people." He was fucking silenced. I mean, it, it's just it's absolutely ridiculous. And this is the problem with having government involved in science, promoting certain scientific perspectives over others. It perverts the whole process. Government shouldn't be involved in science at all. It shouldn't be funding it. It shouldn't be promoting it. It shouldn't be doing anything because it's incapable of being impartial. And that's the whole, the whole point of science is to look at it from a, a scientific perspective. You're supposed to put your bias aside. You're supposed to account for it and eliminate it and look at things as just cold, hard science. And they cannot do that. It is impossible for a fucking politician to separate their political motives from the science, as they call it. All right, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, and that is Photo IQ. Guys, you know I've been talking about them for a while. And I've also been talking about building your human capital, investing in yourselves, learning new skills. And I know all of you guys think you take good pictures. Listen, you don't. I've seen your pictures, okay? They, most of them suck, right? Um, some of us have a, a natural born ability, that, that good eye for photography, I'm one of those people, but even I don't know how to take really good pictures. I, I know what makes a good picture. I don't necessarily know how to execute all the time. And that's where Photo IQ comes in. They're going to give you one of the most advanced online photography courses of its kind, like nothing you've ever taken before. They will help you build an, uh, uh, an online portfolio. They'll give you feedback on, on all of your um, all the pictures that you take and everything like that. It's going to be more in depth than just about any anything you take up to the college level uh, advanced photography courses, and it's going to be far less cheaper. You don't have to take out any student loans or anything like that. You just got to go to photo iq.co and use my promo code fiction. You will get twenty percent off the order. So any classes that you order for this guy, right now he's giving you 20% off. He doubled the discount for 2021. Don't miss out on this. I don't know how long the 20% is going to last, so go and get it now. You don't have to take the classes now. You can take them whenever you want. There's no time restriction on this or anything like that. You can take it at your own pace whenever you have time. And he'll give you a money-back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose. Go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you and you'll get 20% off your order. All right, let's get back into the show. It, government isn't capable of not corrupting uh, the scientific process or method because all they're going to do is act in their own self-interest. 
That's what they do. And they're going to fund the studies that promote their ideology and that promote their self-interest regardless of how much damage it will do to you and the rest of the country or even the rest of the world. Go ahead. Tell me what about the science that we've been told we must listen to day after day for the last fucking nine months by all of these idiot politicians in Washington, the least impressive people I've ever seen in my entire life. What about it has changed over the last week? Hmm? Nothing? Would nothing be an accurate description? And yet now their whole approach to it is changing? I call bullshit. I've been calling bullshit on this the entire, almost the entire fucking time. But even if their motives were pure, okay, even if their motives are pure as a government involved in the sciences, let's pretend for the sake of argument that they aren't politically motivated and Dr. Fauci and all these so-called experts aren't acting in their own self-interests. If they were to just make an honest mistake, it affects, at a minimum, 320 million people or however many we have in this country. Right? If the federal government, the man in charge, the, the messiah, Dr. Fauci, makes a mistake, the whole country is affected. If you leave these types of medical decisions up to the individuals and their individual doctors and the free market and they get something wrong, because in all honesty, I mean, that's bound to happen. There's, there shouldn't be anybody arguing that the free market or individuals and their doctors are infallible. They absolutely are. The thing is far fewer people are going to suffer as a result of their mistakes. It's not going to be this top-down 320 million people have to do this or else. It's just going to be that that one group of people that made that mistake, and then the rest get to learn from it a lot quicker, and it moves a lot faster than this bumbling bureaucracy that we have. I mean, this should just be common sense. But you'll never, you'll never be able to convince me that their actions were pure and innocent. And that they were just looking out for our safety, the safety of you and me, because they care so much about us. No, no. They always hide behind the veil of safety. It's for your own safety. It's for the children. And it's always bullshit. Every single time. They don't give a shit about you. And has it ever been more obvious than in this moment right now? They were willing to lie to you for years if that's what it takes, to keep you locked up in your house while your business goes to shit, your jobs are destroyed, your property values tank. They'll make you sacrifice everything to get what they want while they sacrifice absolutely nothing. They get to do whatever they want, whenever they want. The rules don't apply to them. Like I said, Joe Biden, masks mandated on all federal property. Oh, what are you doing taking a picture with like 20 people with no masks on? Oh, well, you know, we took other precautions and we can't be bothered with that and blah, blah, blah. I'm Joe Biden. No, fuck that. Fuck that. They still get to get all their stolen paychecks that they rip from the American people. And as long as they get what they want, they don't give a rip about what happens to you. I mean, just take their reaction to your business or your neighborhood getting destroyed by a violent mob, your friend, your family getting violently attacked. I mean, excuse me, um, it wasn't an angry mob, a violent mob. It was mostly peaceful protesters then. And compare that to their reaction to a few hundred people taking selfies in the Capitol building and stealing Nancy Pelosi's podium. And okay, yeah, I mean, they messed up their offices. They vandalized things. Uh, Okay, which, by the way, all of us taxpayers are on the hook for anyway. It's not like these pussies have to come out of pocket for anything that gets destroyed. No, no, we pay for that. We pay for everything. We pay for their entire fucking existence. And this is infuriating. And compare and contrast that, their reaction to when your stuff gets destroyed to when their stuff gets destroyed. And what possible conclusion can you draw other than they don't really give a fuck about you? Or how about the fact that they're spending their time impeaching someone that's no longer in office? (laughs) Okay. Uh, Oh, but they work for us, right? They're going to represent all Americans, not just the ones that vote for them. Joe Biden's going to be president for all of America, not just his voters. Well, that lasted all of uh, um, zero fucking seconds. What about the 74 million people that voted for Trump, that like Trump, that don't support any of this? They don't want you to unnecessarily impeach their guy. 
and you're going to do it anyway, and then you're going to label them domestic terrorists. And people wonder why they need 20,000 fucking troops around the Capitol to install this president. Because people are finally waking up to this. I guess maybe that's the silver lining. You're all a bunch of hypocritical assholes that have been fucking us over for our entire lives. Of course. Of course. What other conclusion can you draw from this? It's just sad that it took something so drastic, something like this, being locked away in your house, being told when you can go outside, when you can go shopping, what you can do, how many people you can have over. It took that to wake people up to the fact that this is all just a bunch of nonsense. It's all a lie. It's a show. It's a show to manipulate you to control you, and to gain power. All this sing-songy bullshit about unity and restoring the soul of America, that's just what politicians say. It, it may seem different after four years of Donald Trump because he wasn't a real politician. He was Donald fucking Trump. But this is what politicians say all the time. It's a formula. It's a formula that we've been conditioned to respond positively to. And it means nothing. The second their power is threatened even a little bit, look what they do. A couple of hundred people, let them know just how thin that line between the mob and the rulers is. And now they're, they're just going to exploit the shit out of it. They'll use that one incident to justify domestic terror lists, no-fly lists, task force, and committees to snub out any dissident voices. This, this is where we're, we're going with this. Or at least this is where they're going to try to go with it. Whether or not we're going to allow them to get away with it remains to be seen. But anyone that's anti-government, anti-state, or just differs politically from Democrats, they're basically trying to make it illegal to be a conservative. That's the plan here. That's the goal. That's how they're going to solidify their power. And if they can't beat you at the polls legitimately, well, maybe you're a, a terrorist now. Maybe you can't vote anymore because you're on a list. Maybe we'll open up our borders to get some more left-leaning voters in and swing the demographics further in our favor once and for all. And maybe we'll try to get rid of the Electoral College. But I, I just don't think there'll be any way that they could do that. There's just no way they could make that happen. They're, you're never going to get the majority of states on board with amending the Constitution to eliminate their say in any election. I mean, that's asinine. That's, that's suicide for those states. So they'll probably go about it another way. I'm sure we would all agree that domestic terrorists shouldn't be allowed to vote, right? I mean, they're a threat to democracy. They're, they're trying to bring down our holy government. Just like we don't allow felons to vote. And, and one of the first things they'll do, one of the first things they'll do once they get in power is, is go after the firearms, go after the ammunition. I mean, you can't even get your hands on 5.56 ammo these days. The entire internet is basically completely sold out unless you want to pay like uh, a buck around, uh, over, over a buck around. So they'll slowly continue to chip away at the Second Amendment and your ability to arm and defend yourself and present a real threat to the tyrants in Washington. And then they'll use their task force with the largest spying apparatus known to man to sniff out and neutralize anyone presenting a threat to the state. And this is our fault. This is the American people's fault. It's mostly the right wing's fault for allowing this police state to take effect. The, the, the largest spying apparatus. This is what the, how they took advantage of your fear over 9-11. This is it. You're, you're staring down the barrel of it. We, we did this to ourselves. And you don't even have to be, I'm not talking about being necessarily a violent threat to the state. Just a threat in the sense that you can influence people and maybe take some of their power away. Maybe you could convert people to an ideology like libertarianism and or anarcho-capitalism like I hope to do with this show. And make no mistake about it, just because you didn't vote for Trump doesn't mean they won't come after you too. If libertarians get their way, we present the biggest possible threat to the state. Of course, now we're too small and disorganized and misguided in our efforts to present that kind of a threat. But who knows what could happen in the future? But they'll, they'll lump you in. They already have. What's his name? Brennan already fucking lumped us in with all, everybody else. They said we're a big threat to the country. And all these libertarians out there trying to suck up to the establishment, 
playing the game on their terms, on their turf, and bending over backwards to let you to let them know that we condemn bigotry and racism. Look, I mean, I kind of touched on this on the whole libertarian messaging thing on Friday with Buck on his show, but here's the deal. There there is no satiating these people. Okay, they're not going to look around at the so-called radical positions that we take as libertarians, you know, end the Fed, taxation is theft, and and ignore the fact that you want to abolish like entire departments of government, maybe even the government altogether. And and they'll look around and be like, well, that's fine because you tweeted that you're against bigotry. Get the fuck out of here. You're insane if you believe that to be the case. No. No, we'll all be in the gulags together. You're not getting a special pass because you put preferred pronouns in your Twitter bio. You're going to have to denounce your ideology altogether and embrace the religion of the state or suffocate the consequences. We need to wake up and stop the pointless pandering to the establishment. Stop alienating potential converts because there are a ton of disenfranchised voters on both the left and right right now that are ripe for the picking. This is another thing we got into uh, last Friday with Buck. Uh, Buck and Bobby had a great time, by the way. But the Birdie Bros or the radical left, they're, they're probably the next group that's going to start getting censored by the big tech government leviathan. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. I don't know if I'm going to start distinguishing between big tech and government anymore. They're basically one and the same. So I, I think they're going to start going after the radical left after this. And all of these Trump voters that were hung out to dry by their boy, their, their fucking, their Messiah, Donald Trump, who went out with his tail between his legs, threw them under the bus on his way out. And they've been hung out to dry by the Republican Party. Like we can reach these people. We can show them the way if we stop the nonsense. The nonsense messaging that has half the country rolling their eyes at us because the LP took the stunning and brave stance against of being against racism. I mean, obviously, obviously we're against racism. Let's all, you know, should we also let them know that we're against kicking puppies and slavery while we're at it? I mean, Jesus, could there be any less of a bold stance to take than being against racism and bigotry in 2020? Focus on the stuff that matters. Focus on teaching the ideology in a palatable way. And all the other obvious positions will logically follow. We don't have to get caught up in this game that they play, pitting Americans against each other, fighting over these stupid things, all of these isms that don't really fucking present a threat to anybody this day and age. Stop fighting the battles of fucking 1860. All right. It's over. It's done with. We have much bigger fish to fry. We have the world's largest, most powerful government keeping us locked in our houses, threatening to put us on terrorist lists. I mean, come on. What what are we trying to do here? Anyway, um, I, I guess I better wrap there. I'm, I'm kind of getting a little too riled up here and I'm going over time, but it's certainly going to be a very interesting Joe Biden presidency. We'll, we'll see what other asinine ideas he rolls out over the next few days. I'm going to try to do another episode on Thursday. If I can, it might be a little uh, shorter one. Maybe, maybe I'll dive into the minimum wage thing a little bit because that's going to be in the headlines and, you know, for the foreseeable future. And we'll see what else is uh, come coming down the pike here. There's there's a lot going on. Things are moving fast. Ugh, I, I can't stand these people. What they have done, I mean, you guys know that the <laughs> COVID, I, I've said it many times, COVID was the best thing that ever happened to me personally. But it's also destroyed tons of people's lives. And it makes me very fucking angry. I, I'm sorry if this episode was just me screaming for like... <laughs> 45 minutes uh uh, hopefully it's um hopefully you guys enjoyed it but um i I just needed to do it this has been uh eating away at me for the last few every time i see another state or or whatever governor come out and and talk about how we we, we've uh turned a corner now with coronavirus we can stop i mean this is absolutely ridiculous i mean you'd think that they would at least 
spend a week or two sort of peppering in little stories here and there about how things are getting better. And and maybe now, you know, we could start to think about ways of doing this or doing that. It's like, no, no. Okay, Joe Biden's in. Here we go. Let's, uh, we don't need these lockdowns anymore. You can open up your restaurant and no apologies or anything like that. And no, no uh, acknowledgement that they were wrong about anything. Just uh, we're just going to pretend like we beat this thing now that uh, Joe Biden is in there because he's getting tough with it, you know, and he's got his aviators on. He's pointing and (laughs) he's got his fucking dogs with their stupid name, like champ and sport or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, um, (laughs) that's it for today, guys. Hope you all enjoyed the show. If you did go on iTunes, give me a five star rating and review. Don't forget that on Friday, we are doing the first happy hour. It's going to be a live happy hour session. I'm going to do it on, I forgot to mention this at the top of the show. I'm going to try doing it on Facebook Messenger. I I think that might be the easiest way to do it, just because I can set up a group and I won't have to keep adding people, like um, doing it every time. I can add to the group if I want, but it can be like a recurring thing. I think everybody has Facebook for now. Uh, so we're going to try doing it on there. I will send out the the link to it or whatever to all of the donors. So, you know, go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, become a, a monthly donor to the show. Uh, and like I said, I never, I don't keep any of this money. I don't pocket it or anything like that. I use it for advertising and um, to to grow the show, you know, to get equipment and things like that, software. Um, it, it all goes right back into the show. So any dollar that you give to me goes right back into this podcast to help create content and increase our reach. That is, will be my promise to you guys. And as, as a thank you for that, well, I'm going to try to hang out with some of you guys every other Friday, throw back a few cocktails, have some fun. And um, yeah, that's about it. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. I am trying to g- get some more interesting guests on and, and trying to get on to some other podcasts and things like that. It helps if I have a much bigger Twitter following. You know, we've all lost some followers because of this whole purge that I talked about on the last episode. But, you know, that that was not very, um, I didn't have too many to lose to begin with. So follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. Support our sponsors. Join me for happy hour on Friday the time I'm going to do it, I th- we're going to do it at 6 o'clock. Let's just say 6 o'clock. i got to make a decision here. 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Hopefully that works for most people. I don't know how many we have out on the West Coast, but hopefully you can pop in at you know around 4 or whatever. And I don't know how long we're going to go. We're just going to kind of play it by ear. So if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back later this week with a brand new episode for you. And until then, you guys know the deal. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace. Peace.